Hello and welcome back to the UK's Pick 6 podcast. We are at week 15 in the 2019 season and so far at least one person has been able to win their accumulator, which isn't too bad considering, well, I struggle with gambling. I'm really poor at it. Uh, each week we talk about the NFL, <laughs> it's a good break down some of the games and, uh, and throw in a few <laughs> accumulators at the end of the show. Uh, that voice that you heard just piping in rather, rather rudely uh, is Jazz Gillum. Uh, I, myself, Molly Wilson, and David Bluck is here as well as always. The three of us uh, have prepared our accumulators for this week. You'll hear them later on in the show. Jazz, then, if you're so eager to get on the mic today, how uh, how are all things? It's all good, thank you very much. I had a uh, an almost win last week. Of course, I get called the nearly man in our fantasy league. I had an almost victory. The Bengals let me down. There was, a, there was one play they had in the fourth quarter where they were fourth and, fourth and three. And they went for it. If they just kicked the field goal, and they kicked the field goal, they kicked the end of the game. I win. I think it was sixty pounds, something like that. But because they were, they lost by nine points rather than within seven. It completely screwed me over. Is I that won the how rest. How close you got? Sorry. Is that how close you got? I didn't realize. Yeah, I that. won all five of them apart from that one. Oh, it was man. it was within two points. Oh, if they'd thrown God. a touchdown, I would have won it. If they just kicked the field goal and said I've been idiots, I would have won it. I play Manny Dalton. Tough break, wow. eh, Jess? You need to get better yeah, at gambling yourself. I'm still yourself. Not over it, to be honest. It's still, so, on my, uh, still chafing my nipples. Um, Someone won, though. Someone um, did. Yeah. yeah, somebody, yeah it wasn't Ollie, for the record. Because, no. of course, he said he was bad at gambling at the start. Yeah, no, I uh, I was beaten, unfortunately, because I went with the Dolphins and they lost to the Jets, which they shouldn't have done, really. And I went with... Oh, 22-21 as well. Yeah. Savage. See, I had I went... them on the spread. I had them on... I had Miami plus five and a half. As soon as I saw his field goals, I thought, this is great. Definitely going to win. And I went with uh, I went with Jacksonville over the Chargers because the Chargers have been shaky and uh, and that was not the case in any way. Shape that was 45-10. Yeah, that was a beatdown. That was brutal. Yeah, it was, was a beat down. down. So an emphatic uh, four of two, sorry, four of six, one last week, which is actually one of my best six ac- six team hackers I've ever had. So I'm still. Oh, she's so still quite close then, though. So that's still four out of six. It's better than fifty yeah. fifty. I'll take that. Um, yeah, some. Oh, you'll get there, pal. You'll get there. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, patronising. <laughs> How did you do, Dave? Oh. I won. All of the bets. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I did win all of them. I, looking back, it is a bit nuts how close the games were, though. We have, uh, so I got the Bucks over the Colts. Massive comeback. Uh, 30, 38-35. Huge comeback in that game. Um, at 49ers over the Saints, 48-46. Um, I had the Vikings over the Lions. Uh, that was easy. That was 20-7. That's fine. I had the Ravens over the Bills. That was a one-score game, 24-17. Um, and then I had to, oh, I got the, I almost forgot to say I got the Chiefs over the Patriots, which was bold because I picked the Patriots in our, uh, our first uh, podcast as well. You didn't have um, the Vikings. Against the Patriots. You didn't have the Vikings over the Lions, though. Did I not? No. Yeah, you had the Ravens beating, <laughs> the other one? Yeah, then? the Ravens beating Buffalo, the Niners beating New Orleans, the, the Panthers losing to Atlanta. You had the Bucks oh, beating sorry, the Colts. It was the Falcons. Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's doing my so well. So my, <laughs> he got it so, so my wrong. Team, the, my team, the Falcons. Uh, it's all about the results, Jazz. You wouldn't know, but. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I had to sweat it out until Monday night to um, uh, for the Eagles to win in overtime against the Giants, which is just. Didn't you? Oh, uh... It would have been an unhappy podcast if. Uh, 
the Eagles had lost to the Giants because Ollie would have been upset. I would have been upset. And Eli Manning would have won a game. And Eli Manning would have won a game. But he is under 500 for his career, which is just the cherry on the cake. Did you uh, did you check that score midway through the game by any chance, Dave? I did actually wake up during the night because I was so excited about um, possibly coming <laughs> oh, on this no. podcast with a win. Um, and I did check the score and the Eagles were down by two scores at that time. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I was very, very unhappy. So when you think about it, this week, your bets were, uh, were snatched from, well, your, your victory was snatched from the jaws of defeat by the Bucks having a big comeback and the Eagles having a big comeback. Oh, crazy game. Absolutely. So you look how close these ones are. So, yeah, I think that it's probably going to be the... I don't think I'll win another bet on this podcast until week oh, 14 have some faith. 2022 or something. <laughs> have some faith. So, um, yeah. But nice to get the win. Get off the mark. And it's nice that, you know, it's nice that one of us... Uh, has, uh, yeah, there's one something. Some you're the stats. It'll fund me on this podcast for a while. You're the stats guy. For 21 weeks. And now you're the basically giving us any credibility for giving out these odds at the end. Uh, just a reminder <laughs> that you must, actually, be, yeah. you must be 18 or over to gamble. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, visit begambleaware.org for more information on that. This week on the podcast, we obviously gave out our odds right at the end, but we talked all things. Well, we went down a bit of a tangent. We were talking stadiums and relocation with the Oakland Raiders. We were talking uh, a little bit of Ryan Tannehill. We were talking a little bit of Drew Locke and Dave's scouting ability of uh, college players as well, which is uh, very impressive to get involved in that. Yeah. Um, Enjoy the podcast, like subscribe, get onto iTunes and all other good podcast outlets and uh, give us a review. Enjoy the show. Plane at some point. Um, um, the sooner but... we go there, the better in my eyes. But <laughs> maybe we could start. Let's start with the uh, playoff permutations quickly for Week 15, because the Baltimore Ravens can clinch the AFC North division uh, with either a Baltimore win or a tie, or Pittsburgh losing or tying. Uh, Pittsburgh. And they can... Pittsburgh. 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 Hey. They've, re- they've relocated <laughs> near Heidelberg. <laughs> yeah, this Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Uh, and the Baltimore Ravens can also clinch a first round bye with a win and a New England loss or a win and a Kansas City loss or tie and a Baltimore tie and a Kansas City loss. They get home field advantage if New England and Kansas City lose or Kansas City tie in that situation and Baltimore win. And for the Bills, if they win, they get their playoff berth. For the Packers, uh, they can clinch the playoffs with a win and the LA Rams losing or tying or Green Bay tying and the LA Rams losing. And Sam Frank can clinch a playoff, ber- a playoff berth if they win or tie this week. And if the LA Rams lose or and or Minnesota lose, then San Francisco get their playoff berth. And Seattle can clinch it with a win and the LA Rams losing or tying as well. Or Minnesota losing or Green Bay and Minnesota losing or tying. And uh, Seattle tie and the LA Rams loss. So that's basically all the playoff stuff. That's like the technical things out of the way. Let's talk Buffalo Bills because they're a really fun team to watch and kind of support going into this and not just because of the AFC East and wanting to see a different team actually compete in that division every single year. I actually, 
I really like the Bills because I've got a soft spot for them because I had a hoodie, no, a beanie when I was about six years old with the Bills logo on. I've always liked the lid, always liked the jersey, always liked Buffalo as like a cold, snowy place for American football. And it's kind of fun, like the whole Bills Mafia thing and breaking tables. And oh, if we can brilliant. have that going through the playoffs, I'm more than happy to see. I'm I love that. that. I love how passionate they are. I think it's fantastic. Maybe not breaking the tables, but I think it's just unbelievable the amount of kind of enthusiasm they have. That's what you want from a franchise that hasn't really done much winning since the 1990s. It just seems like a blue collar kind of rough and ready town. Yeah. I don't know. With great hot wings. Um, yeah, with some hot wings thrown in there. I mean, a, yeah. a, a rough, round the edges, snowy afternoon in Buffalo with a playoff game with people putting themselves through bodily harm for no apparent reason apart from pure excitement before the game. Kind of, in a slightly sadistic way, is it's not what you love about the NFL per se. Everything like that happens on the pitch, but... It's kind of just such a unique, fascinating mix of everything thrown together. You can't not love the excitement around it. Absolutely. And we had it last yeah, year. Yeah, I think what what I find likeable about the Bills as well is that they've kind of snuck under the radar with me. And one of the biggest disappointments of the year is how bad the Browns have been because I was so excited about them, really was getting behind them like everybody else. And I wanted them to be the team that would kind of break out and kind of erase that horrible history that they've got over the last 20 years or so. But it seems like the Bills are the ones who are kind of filling that void, um, for me anyway. So, yeah, it's just a really nice story. Just fun to I watch, just, uh, I just, I just, We're just closer than we've been in a while to the Pats, um, you know, not winning that division. Like, they probably will this year, but I don't know. Well, they'll definitely, Maybe they'll not. still definitely win it this year, without a doubt. And this year, yeah. The the but, fear with New England I mean, in the next couple that. of years. You say that they'll definitely win it, but the Bills are one game behind. Yeah, they but still, it's, they still have to play them. But this, the fear with New England is that they they genuinely just get better as the season goes on. I know they haven't done particularly on uh, on offense this year. They've they've probably got worse. But they, there's always just the worrying factor that they're so smart as a football team, whereas the Bills. Because of everything that I said, there's still that immaturity and naivety that you surround it. I mean, I'm still not convinced about uh, Josh Allen, however good a year he is having. And I will say that there are times when he, when he has played well. I'm just not convinced that he's a, a, an elite quarterback in any way, shape or form. He hasn't gone over 300 yards yet in a, in a game passing this season. So, you know, that's something I'd quite like to see from a potential studly quarterback. But there's just there's just still that naivety to it. You know, a lot of those players haven't been in playoff football situations before or, or have had one game last year of it and, and that's kind of been it, really. Um, whereas New England, they it's so cliche that they just do their job, but that's what they do. They just they suck the football fun out of it and they just and make it a, lot a, as well. a ruthless clinical... <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're pretty ruthless in the way they go about getting their uh, next game tactics. Yeah, their, film, the their film study, yeah. Jazz, do you want a stat? I always want a stat, my friend. Uh, the Patriots haven't had three losses in a row since 2002. Oh. So. Yeah, but. And they were still kind of finding their feet then as, a, uh, as an organization That'd with Billy Boy. That would be back then, wouldn't it? 2002? Well, no, the, Brady had taken no, Brady. over by then. Brady had taken over. So third year of Bel- Belichick. 
second year of Brady. Right. Um, and this is the other stat that I've got on that. Um, okay, you can guess this one and see see what you reckon. How many seasons have they not had back to back losses? Ooh. Uh, sorry, yeah. So yeah, how many seasons have they not had since when two games? No, like the whole Belichick era. Belichick era. So yeah. I I went back and looked at every season from you know two thousand onwards. Wow. Okay. Someone has way too much time on their hands. <laughs> I know. I just thought it was interesting. So. Someone had to. Four um, years? I'm going to say, say four. four. Four seasons. Oh, there you go. We both agree, Ollie. Four. Ten. Wow. Ten years. Ten seasons they haven't had back-to-back, back-to-back losing games. That's nuts. Well, and, they have, and they've only got one, one three-game slide. Oh, and that was in 2002. I was betting that crazy. they had four seasons with back-to-back losses. That's why I went so low. Like, you went... 10 yeah. that they haven't had back-to-back losses. I went four that they have had back-to-back losses. But Again, if it's 10 oh, where they right, haven't, okay. it means there's like nine where they have. So it's... Because <laughs> four would be like really uninteresting if it was just like, oh, they've had four years with without back-to-back losses. Back-to-back oh, well losses. done. They've been to the Super job, Bowl Dave. like six times. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really uninteresting kind of way to look at it. Um, yeah, so it's 10. Yeah, so that's way more than I feel four, a little so. bit like you're a bit hurt by that, Dave. I can see it in your eyes. Well, just if you th- but think about think about other organizations and other teams and the idea of you can have a great season and lose back to back games and it doesn't need to be a thing. But the Patriots just don't do it. That's why it is quite you know interesting this week. I know they're only playing the Bengals, but they aren't in this position very very much at all where they've had back to back losses. So it'll be really interesting to see how they handle it this week. Well, I think you know, do they come out and put some them. hurt on them, or so I don't I th- know. I think they'll beat the Bengals quite handily because they should the do. Texans and the Chiefs have got good offenses. Granted, the Texans didn't do very well last week, but they did very well against the Pats. So you've got two good offenses. The Bengals with Dalton is better than with what's his face Finley. Finley still mm-hmm. not. A top tier offense, is it? So you don't. Well, the Bengals really. The Bengals much. are a terrible team that have found a few decent parts. Joe Mixon's finally starting to run this season, and and is a bit more of a threat out of the backfield as well, which he yeah. he wasn't most of the start of the year, even before the Wembley games. I mean, it sounds weird, but the Bengals have been better since those Wembley games. To be honest, Auden Tate is a useful big threat. Uh, they've had some tight games, haven't they? They're starting in, to in those throw losses, it to yeah. Tyler Boyd too, which makes a big difference because he's their best receiver without but, AJ Green. But Andy Dalton, before he was dropped, was getting no pocket uh, protection whatsoever and was getting rushed throws. Yeah. I mean, Dalton's not a terrible quarterback. He's just not a great quarterback. And then you put him in a place where there's very few weapons or a lot of his weapons are still learning and there's no time to throw. You're suddenly up a creek without a paddle. Then you throw on top of a, a pretty mediocre defense and, and the Bengals suddenly became the whipping boys. I don't, they're probably more of a threat than they were eight weeks ago to the New England Patriots this weekend, but it's it's yeah. not... This this should be a, a blowout still. I, I really, really wanted to pick against them again so I could I have three in a row. Um, but I just can't do it it's, with Cincinnati. If it was somebody else, it's, then um, it's foolish I'd probably to do get that. on it. But it's so foolish to bet against New England, particularly when you get down this stretch of the season as well. They, they just find ways to to get things right. Anyway, the Bills take on the Steelers on, uh, on Monday Night Football, just going back to them quickly, uh, which is actually a pretty tough game because... 
the Bills' defense has been so good, but it, that that offense is is fine, but not exemplary in any way, shape, or form against a, a Steelers D that's pretty darn good. And and it's come yeah. alive, yeah. And Duck is suddenly an okay quarterback, according I to all the analysts. Duck. I said it before. Said again. I believe in him. Is much better. He's the best option we have at the minute, unless we go and get. Well, I think the defense could put him in some great positions. You know, they they're the most. They've had the most takeaways in the NFL this year. Um, you know, if they can get him, if the defense can do their job and get him in the red zone, then he doesn't. He shouldn't have to do too much. And they could still come out with a win at home. Yeah, it's um. That that's one of the tougher ones to call when we were looking at the, when I was looking at my uh, six team accumulator. Definitely, I'll, yeah, it's one I'm not sure about because I have got it in there, but I I don't believe in the Bills yet per se. I think they're they're great. I mean, defensively, they're 22 percent of the drives that opposition teams have on them go for scores. Only 22. Stat. That's almost one in five. You have to have five attempts on that Bills defense to. Uh, to be able to to score on them, that's how good they are. The only trouble is they have thirty three percent of theirs don't find uh, find a score as well. So that's sick. It's not it's not an insanely high powered offense to back up a fantastic defense. And the Steelers still have a few deep threats. I mean, Washington at the receiver position has come on pretty nicely in the last couple of weeks, and and seem to have a good link up as well with uh, with Duck during during last week's game. So yeah, maybe the Steelers can kind of come back into the into the forefront and and get a little better with it all. I know we just lost Jazz there for a moment midway through his point. Just a little bit, yeah. It to be honest, it saves me having to dip you out like we did last week with the. Uh... <laughs> oh, that was yes. Brutal. Let's that talk was about brutal, that. By the way, I loved that. Absolutely loved that. If you want a spread do... setting feature, we'll put it up in it's in as an individual podcast. Or no, something I think it's it. gone now. It's gone. I'm, I'm happy just to have it as it is. I mean, if you recorded a guide yourself and then I'd put it up on the site, but. I don't need a 20-minute explanation of spread betting when I'm never going to do it. And people that are going to spread bet and probably know what spread betting is already. Absolutely. So that's fair enough, isn't it? So we'll and, go with that. And read a, read a betting book or something. Learn. Learn yourself. We don't need jazz. Hey, read me. a book, guys. Read a book. <laughs> yeah. well, it's not oh. very difficult to figure it out either, in fairness. Such great so. advice for, for any situation. <laughs> hey, read a book. You, you like it so much, read a book. Yeah, after you've listened to the podcast, then pick up a book. Obviously, listen to the pods first and then start maybe there. using the eyes. Yeah, definitely. Um Looking so I think my microphone just disappeared, by the way. So can you still hear me okay? Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Just making sure. Unfortunately, just, I mean, we can, you know. You can fade me out again, of course. That's fine. Yeah. Every it's always week, there. fade me out. Great. I mean, you and technology this week has just been... It's been poor. Mm. It's been very poor. It's been woefully poor and strangely poor so which yeah. which leads us nicely into the discussion of the denver broncos so i did there seamless transition into being terrible uh taking <laughs> on kansas city chiefs uh yep dave you believe in drew lock though um or do you i mean i don't i do i do here i, think I, he looked really I good. don't i don't but i'm very very tempted to make it i've got two there's two paths for me to walk down this week with my betting after getting it right last week which we haven't talked about yet but uh got all all my uh my acca right pretty good yeah we heard in the intro we don't need to hear 
again. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. We'll come, we'll circle back around to it. Um, yeah. So, uh, off the back of um, my win, um, I'm tempted to get some, some really good odds on, uh, on Drew Locke taking out the Chiefs. Um, but, I don't know. I kind of went back because we haven't got a lot on him. So I went back and watched some highlights, watched some college stuff, um, read some kind of draft profiles and things in prep preparation. I wish that and you I'm could see the not... face that Jazz is pulling at this light. Doesn't buy it in any way, shape or form. What was that? Just... Well, you don't think oh, I did watch college? Oh, I went back to watch college tape. I did this. Mm, that sounds like not true. Yeah, I, I mean, it was in the last half an hour. While we're waiting, <laughs> while we're waiting for Jazz to, <laughs> well, set up for me his to do things, yeah. fair enough. Exactly. Well, in that case, yeah, I can believe it because you have plenty of time. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a mixed bag. I mean, I, you know, I mean, he got one thing. I point out, he he did get eighty-one percent completion rate against the Texans. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Nice. That's very high. Eighty-one percent. I can't remember seeing one that high. I mean, I'm sure they have been, but that's pretty nuts. So uh, three hundred yards, it, three God. touchdowns. Um, it seemed like he threw some pretty dangerous balls to me. I'm sure one of the touchdowns to I think it was to Fant. Um, dangerous was or amazing? Really that's the question. Well, that's the thing, and I guess we don't know enough yet. But his some of the things I got from his draft rating or his profile was that he's very poor under pressure. Right. So the Texans didn't get a lot of pressure on him. So the Chiefs' defense is better in every way mm-hmm. to the Texans. So and they're going to be at home. So it's going to be interesting how he handles that. You know, can he take the pressure? They've got where are they? They're tenth in sacks. Um, the Chiefs um, top half in points per game. And they've got so this, they should cre- create a lot of problems for him, you know. They've got a secondary that's become better and better this year, as well as getting pressure up yeah. front. So, yeah, you look at the you look at the two games that Locke has had to face. He's taken on a Chargers side that were just awful, both on and off the field and in organization terms, in terms of going down to the the wire in that game against Denver. They continue to be so underwhelming. The Chargers, well, so underwhelming until they play last week and put on forty two points on the Jags. I mean, I thought there was a half chance that the Jags might actually get a result there, and it just didn't happen. But and then Houston's defense is another one that just hasn't performed really, and it's an offense that has grinded them and generally got them through the victories they've had this year. And most of that comes down to whether Will Fuller's playing or not. Yeah. So. When you look at the games that Locks had, they're against pretty poor teams. Now, Denver have been terrible themselves on offense, and part of that's down to uh, the cigarette spokesman himself, Joe Flacco. But <laughs> also, you know, Courtney Sutton's only come on in the last five games or so as a little bit of a, a, an actual receiving threat. You know, they've always got Philip Lindsay, who's great out of the backfield. As, Noah as if, Fant has looked quite good, though. Yeah, Noah Fant's yeah, coming Fant, on. He's Fant got Fant some speed really behind good. him, too. Yeah. I think Drew like Locke is finding his options quite well, and I think that some of the throws that Dave said were a bit dangerous, I think they look quite good. I Well, no, they were. It's just, I guess, it over time you build up an image, Jazz, whether the guy can thread the needle or if he's just slinging, and he got, not lucky, but you know, if it's a 50-50 ball, it's yeah. like, is it a 50-50 pass? You know, like, what? What is he? We don't really know yet. The thing will be that um, he's had two games. He's done pretty well. Now yeah, that people have tape on him, proper well. tape, they'll be able to analyse what he's good at and what he's not good at and really throw some stuff at him and see what happens. And once they find out what works against him, then he has to figure out if he can adjust. That's why Baker Mayfield was being so terrible this year. After they had six or seven games, I think at the end of last year where he started, they found all his weaknesses and his flaws and just schemed against him. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's not done very well this year because he hasn't been able to adapt and adjust. 
also, when teams start shutting down Cortland Sutton, they've got uh, Noah Fant, as you mentioned, Jazz has been okay this year out of the tight end position, but their third best receiver in terms of yards this year is Emmanuel Sanders, who only played seven games for them. <laughs> seven good games, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, three, 367 yards, so he's averaging around about 50 yards a game, but then you've got Fant on 492 and Cortland Sutton on 940. And after... Yeah. After Sanders, you've got Royce Freeman coming out of the backfield with 225. They've got Philip Lindsay they've with got 187. Jawan Winfrey. Jawan Winfrey is your boy. I've no idea who that is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I just really like his name, Jawan Winfrey. Day Sean Hamilton is the next receiver behind Sutton and Sanders. Uh, next wide receiver on their yards for this season, and he's got 100, 154. In thirteen games and two starts, so oh, out of Penn Penn State, Deshaun Hamilton, yeah, out of Penn State. <laughs> yeah, I just read that off the computer that I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, good job. I don't know about I don't know about Penn State. You can read. Well, what you do know is probably not repeatable on this podcast. So let's swiftly move away from that. Well, one. <laughs> I would. Can I just one one more word on uh, their wide receivers? There is a college here called McNeese State. <laughs> which is pretty, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, you McNeese might, maybe maybe you should go and spend another forty five minutes looking back at their game footage from last year. Yeah, their college did. tape. Yeah, might be might be something nah. for you to do with your con- <laughs> considerable amount of time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I can't see Denver and Drew Locke picking off Kansas City right now. Kansas that are neither can I. So I'd like it. I would love it to see it happen because I think it's quite a good story now. I, I kind of want to see it happen. Yeah, I was kind of hoping like one of you would um, talk me into that bet, um, but it doesn't seem uh, this is not going to happen. Doesn't seem like I can do it. Kansas if Denver were, like, were at home, maybe I don't know. Kansas have had so many skill position players roaming around this year that are in one week and out the next due to to injuries or, or depth chart changes or whatever, and they still just end up winning. Partly because they're great defensive play, and partly because Andy Reid's a, a fantastic head coach and a great schemer. So I mean, yeah, with Kansas, it's just a bit polio loco, but it's it's still working for them, which is a bit silly. The best storyline, by the way, when you're talking about narratives for this week, is surely the Oakland Raiders playing their last game at the Coliseum. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, really, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I just, oh, I'm worried they're going to lose, though. I really want them to win it, but. They, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't have it in my. Have you, have you guys got it in your games? Because I was kind of looking at it and I wanted to oh, do get I? them in there for the story, but I left them out. They can't lose wanna... to the Jags because the Jags no, are terrible. I didn't take the Jags are terrible, but Oakland have been bad, man. The last few weeks, like we haven't seen any of that kind of magic or magic in the in the first home yeah. record well, being good. The whole they were, thing. They were without Josh Jacobs last week. Down. So you can let them off that when you start running rookie running back is out and they've got a rookie running back, back carrying in now? the team. Uh, I haven't seen the practice this week. Actually, I'll have a look. I'll have a quick look while you guys well, chat the, about this. That'll but, be pretty, pretty crucial. But it's it? like it's the best stadium to go to in terms of. There's still such a dirty rawness, a bit like um, Orchard Park for the Buffalo Bills. To be honest, it, it's a, it's a bit older. It's 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 intimidating going to Oakland, and when they go to a new stadium, it's just going to be. I mean, it's been touched on by loads of people, including obviously the podcasts that we listen to. 
Um, but like the idea of there being a lot of weekend fans who support the opposition team coming into Vegas and enjoying a weekend. The, oh yeah. And the and just the general problem I have with stadium changes and the shininess of these brand new stadiums that actually take the raw intimidation out of going. I mean, if Millwall, for instance, built a brand new nice. 30,000 seater stadium that was all luxury boxes and really nice and clean. You wouldn't be intimidated going down there on a Tuesday evening in the championship. Whereas you where they call are, the den either. Yeah, it'd be, it called, be called the den. The den just sounds intimidating. It'd be called but you can, the you, The same things for West Ham, you know, West Ham, one of the, you know, kind of more rough and ready teams in the, um, uh, in the football leagues. And it's just like, I've been to the new stadium and I went to Upton Park as well. I know you have as well. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't have the same vibe or no. history or it's just, and, and, yeah. I, and the Raiders are throwing that away, particularly as you associate the Raiders with either Oakland or Los Angeles, but that side of the yep. US, you know, that California coast still. And uh, putting them in the desert in Vegas, uh, you don't get pirates all there. The teams, logo's though. a pirate and you don't get pirates in the desert. But of all the teams, the Raiders are the best team to go to Vegas. Uh, well, the name, the history, the whole Al Davis is just win, baby. The way that they used to do things. The guy with the sticky on his hands in the 70s. It's all just, it just screams that kind of over the top, in your face, Las but Vegas. That, but that's what I don't think it does scream Vegas to me, the Raiders. The Raiders scream the Coliseum and Oakland. Like, Oakland isn't, it certainly hasn't been the nicest area, especially when you've got San Francisco just across the bay. Uh, and the Coliseum, you know, you get off the, the bar train, the metro train there, and it's fence, metal fencing over the walkway as you walk down towards the Coliseum. It's, it feels like you're walking into a prison. It, it, it's great. <laughs> like, you feel intimidated by it. And and I've never been to an Oakland Raiders game. I've only seen baseball there. But, you know, from what you've what I've been told by various people that have been there and friends that have been there for a, for a Raiders game, you, know, you don't wear the away jersey. You don't go in there. Yeah. It's nasty. Whereas you go to Vegas, it's going to be flash. Uh, Vegas is all like a facade as well. It's all flash and bright lights and built up. But behind Vegas, it's all, you know, it's a bit sleazy. It's more the dad getting away from his family and spending the family fortune at the slot machine rather than like the high rollers and yeah. the glamour and stuff. Uh, and maybe maybe that is kind of like what the Raiders are, I suppose. Maybe they are just a bit of a facade and they're splashing money about, but they're not really getting much from it and they're going to go away depressed. You do make a very good point, though, about the weekend fans. When you look at the Chargers season where they haven't really had a, a home game because their home games have been more with away fans than home fans. It is a bit different because they're in LA, I think, though. I mean, Vegas, it, you know, it hasn't got a franchise. It's never had a franchise, so... Yeah, so maybe They're people kind of... get on it. Yeah, yeah. I I hope so. Let's I not... hope it does work. But let's not even start the charges. I, see, I think I think all of your all of your concerns are valid, and I think they're probably echoed massively by actual Raiders fans. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, we have to move forward in life, don't we? Can't be stuck in the stadium that's old and as wonderful as it is. You have to sometimes move forward with the times, and that's the thing they're doing. So I th- yeah. I'm all for that. But but if the stadium and that intimidation is one of the like factors it, you have that helps you as a franchise, <laughs> then then maybe you don't want to lose that. But 
we'll see. Uh, that's a story really for for next year. And uh, don't get me started on the Chargers and when they go and share that giant new stadium with the Rams and no one is there for a Chargers game. You think it's embarrassing when StubHub isn't sold out and full of away yeah. fans? Wait until you put them in yeah. like a eighty thousand arena. I mean, that's going to be barren. They won't open the top deck for Chargers games. Just move them to London. That'd be the best thing to do. Um, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> just slipped that in right there. Really lovely. Uh, whatever. Just drop that in. It's never going to happen. We will never get a franchise in London. I'm still not believing of that. Um, Texans Titans, a big one in the AFC South. Big uh, one, yeah. Ryan Tannehill is suddenly the main man. One of the best QBs around the last few weeks going. And I believe in Ryan Tannehill, unlike Drew Locke. That's bold. Well, he's more of a That's traditional really quarterback, isn't he? Well, you he know, still runs around quite a lot. He's got decent mobility about him. I just think it's funny how he came in and did so well compared to what Mariota was doing, especially as Mariota looked so good. I'm shocked that you've given up on him, Ollie, because you loved him. I'm disappointed because I'm a big Mariota fan and I've always been a fan of the scrambling quarterback style anyway. Um, But the difference with Mariota is that it it wasn't working for whatever reason, whether it's because he doesn't have the relationship with his wide receivers, whether he's just somebody that's played in a bad team for too long and has had it beaten out of him. Whereas Ryan Tannehill is a guy that's just got out of a bad team in Miami and got the living hell kicked out of him for season after season. Take a look at... This is Ryan Tannehill's sack stats, right? Sorry to usurp your stats, Dave, but I was looking through no, this today. It. 2012, he got, he got sacked More 35 stats. times. He loves sharing the load. 2013, 35 times he was sacked in 2012. Ooh, in 2013, okay. he was sacked 58 times. Oh my god! That must have been league leading. How is he still alive? Three hundred and ninety-nine yards lost on sacks, four football pitches basically. Uh, The year after that, forty-six. The year after that, forty-five. And the year after that, he only started thirteen games, quite obviously, and he was hit twenty-nine times. But the year after that, he only started eleven games in twenty eighteen, and he was still sacked thirty-five times. I mean, the guy's been beaten up and down the Miami Sunset Strip. Now he like gets a drum. Now he gets to go yeah. to Tennessee, where he's got a good young, young receiver in um, AJ Brown. They've got yeah. a, a, a solid running back that can carry the load in Derek Henry. And Tannehill's Big kind time, of yeah. a bit like Ryan Fitzpatrick it. in the it doesn't matter. Like he's a backup quarterback this year. If he steps in and does great, great. If he steps in and does badly, it's an audition again. It's it's auditioning for his job, auditioning yeah. for the job with the Titans or next year trying a free agent kind of contract. Same with Andy Dalton. All the people well, you, who have got the chance to be on the free agent market are going to be playing that way because they have nothing yeah. to lose. It's just, yeah, it's a great story. I mean, yeah, I, you can't ask for more of him. It's great. I mean, it might all come, it might come crashing down, and he might come back to the pack at some point. But I don't know if it will happen this year. Just, it's just got a feeling about it, isn't it? Where thing, I think he'll play the rest, of, rest of the year really well. The thing is, though, that I can't see the Titans winning that division. I still think the Texans are that will win this one. The well, game the as game, well as the game as well as the division. So if they win the division, I think that Tannehill still gets some plaudits of being good, but they'll still think, okay, well, we could probably do better if we have this or have that. And maybe he's still the backup, and they get someone else to be the starter. But who do you go and get? No, because you've already just so. you've just had an okay quarterback that can win you games, land into your pocket. If you end up making the playoffs, you know you're not anywhere decent in the draft to pick up a good QB, at least on paper. So. If you're the Texans, where do you go and get a quarterback from at that point? Because you're not going to go and get a better quarterback than Tannehill, are you? No, I'm not really sure who you could get free agent-wise. Unless Tom Brady's free. Philip Rivers. A, there you go. Philip Rivers should be free at the end of the season. I think well, he's you don't want him, though, do you? Do you want him? 
Over Tannehill for a season, probably. It's a Hall of Fame quarterback, no? Philip Rivers. He's great. I'm a big Rivers fan. I think Rivers is better than Tannehill is. If you have a Shrug. one season Shrug. to try and win something, he would be. <laughs> I'd pick Rivers over Tannehill without a shadow of a doubt. Over three or four years, maybe not, because of course Rivers is getting on a bit. But if you have a, if Rivers has a bad season, you get a good draft pick. You can try and get a QB that way. I want to see what Ryan Tannehill can do, and that's what we're getting to yeah. see, to be honest, before I make the yeah. judgment of what I'd want yeah. next year. And what he's doing is he's putting up almost two thousand yards in seven starts this year, and playing the best he has ever played in his career. So there's something working right there at this point. So I don't think I can't see I can't see it ending this week as well. I, I don't know if you guys have gone with the can't remember your picks, but I can't remember if you've gone with the Texans at all. But I I just can't. I think the Titans are a lock for that one. I can't see uh, oh, and the Texans. Texans defense is just nowhere near where it needs to be. Nowhere near. I think Texans I think the bounce Titans back and show the rest of the league what they're made of. They could, if if it might be a shootout, I'll give you that. They could win. They can win a shootout. Um, that would be really interesting, and that would be great to see Tannehill in the shootout. Um, but I don't. If it's a tight game, I think the Titans are all over it. Fair well, if, if Tennessee win, they will have the same divisional record as uh, the Texans. They will have played them. Uh, no, they've played them again on the last game of the season, excuse me, which will then be Ooh, the so division that, that's designer. That's tie-break would be the issue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. I didn't realise that. But if they, so they get another chance then, whoever loses. That's awesome. But if they win this week, they'll have the leading games, actual nine wins to nine and five, and they will have uh, the first in the head-to-head as well. So it's a huge weekend yeah. for that division, uh, particularly as the Colts have played their way out of it, and it's now down to Tennessee and uh, and the Texans, which, by the way... Who are they... I love... Sorry, Ollie. just uh, before you move away from that, who are they playing... Have you got the schedule in front of you? Yeah. Who are they both playing in week... Uh, 16. In week 16. The Titans play the New Orleans Saints... In week Ooh, 16 in Tennessee, rough. in Tennessee, though, rather than in the dome, which is a bit of a game changer, yeah. but it's a toughie, definitely a toughie. Uh, the Texans they've taken on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I mean, who knows That's what you're getting out. with them? Who That's knows a shootout written all over it? In, I'll be fine in, in Tampa Bay as well. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really awkward this week that Jameis Winston was doing some uh Jameis jamboree down at the stadium. And like, <laughs> is it called a Jameis it's called Jamboree? A, it's I called like that. a Jameis Jamboree, I think. And he had like loads of like kids from the local area coming down and getting involved in activities. And all I could think was it's going to be really awkward when there's no more Jameis Jamboree after next season. Like, I assume that Uber didn't sponsor that event. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, but um, some local uh, crab's leg dealer did, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Of course, you don't get those references. Please just Google them; they are funny. Google Jameis Winston. There's uh, yeah. a lot. Kind of funny, kind of funny jazz. Also, uh, yeah, darkly funny. I'd say let's just. You have to go that. through a lot of Jameis Winston stuff to get to that. To be honest, because there's a fair, fair back catalogue to that. He's got a few good albums going back in the day that uh, get a lot of attention. Should we just get into the bets? Let's see what we put on this week. So we've kind of absolutely, yeah, dissected everything. Take it away, around. mate. What? Well, um, let's start with you, Jazzy. What's your uh, What's your bets this week? So mine, I've mixed it up this week. I've not gone just spread. I've gone a bit of spread and a bit of normal. Um, I've gone the Buccaneers to have a minus 3.5, so they have to win by four points. The Seahawks, minus six. They've got to win by seven. have got the Browns, minus three, so they've got to win by four. Rams, plus one, so as long as they 
win or at the end of the game it's a draw they win. Vikings minus two and a half, so three point win if they'll win that. And then Texans just a win because they were better odds as a normal win as opposed to spread. Ooh, yeah. nice. That was odds of 59 to one. Very oh, wow. Very That's nice. juicy. So Very I thought nice. I'd give that a shot. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns to beat the Arizona Cardinals because the Browns have to come good at some point and the Cardinals are bad. Uh, the Houston Texans to beat the Tennessee Titans, and I'm so wavering on that one because I, I do think the Titans will probably win it, but I was going to get better odds with the Texans uh, winning it in Tennessee. Uh, I've got the, it is hard this week, yeah. I've got the Tampa There's Bay Buccaneers to beat the Detroit Lions um, in uh, Detroit. I've got the Vikings to beat the Chargers, which, again, I'm not 100% on because of Cousins when he's not at home, but the Chargers aren't very good, even though they put up 45 last week. Uh, I've got the LA Rams to beat the Dallas Cowboys because bet against Dallas for the rest of this year. And the Buffalo Bills to beat the New Eng- uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me, in Pittsburgh on the uh, on the late one. That's got me 40-1. to 1. That's my six-team accumulator. Our bets are almost exactly the same. What's that? Our bets are almost exactly the same, mine and yours. Yeah. The only difference we have is the but you've got Buffalo and I went for the Seahawks game. Yeah, and mine is not that much different because I think I think it shows the schedule this week. It's kind of there's some games you just want to stay away from. Um, like so Dolphins, tempted... Giants. No, I'm I'm actually using that one. <laughs> 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 that boosted me up because I've gone really safe. I've gone Bucks over Lions. Um, Bills over Pittsburgh, which isn't that safe, but the odds aren't great on it. Um, Browns over the Cardinals. Um, I've gone Seahawks over Panthers. Uh, Vikings over Chargers. And Dolphins over Giants. And that is getting me 30 to 1, roughly. I think it's 31 to 1, but yeah. Fair enough. I think, I think there's also a lot of it's games. It's kind of safe. I, it was kind of safe. I, I was so tempted. We were talking about it before recording the podcast. I was so tempted by the Chiefs um, to lose... Uh, against the Broncos, if if Drew Lock is legit, um, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. So I flexed out of that. I think I there's know. a lot of games as well where there's one favorite, quite a heavy favorite. I mean, you look at Browns Cardinals, heavy favorite Browns Raiders Jags, heavy Pats, favorite yeah, Raiders. Yeah. Pats are heavy favorites. Forty Niners are heavy favorites. <laughs> um, elsewhere, Seahawks are heavy favorites over the Panthers. Chiefs are heavy favorites over the Broncos. So getting a decent acker. It's kind of tough, but then you've got... It's tricky this week. Bears-Packers. Don't completely count out the Bears just yet. Uh, yeah. Dolphins-Giants. I thought about that one, but I just... I thought uh, about it too. You know, I, I, just couldn't, I just couldn't do it, you know. I think it'll probably be a pretty poor game, and I think Green Bay will come out of it, which is most Green Bay games this year, yeah. to be fair. Which is they weird, because they're using running backs this good. year. Then they're, they're, they're more diverse in the way they approach games, yet they're not as fun to watch. No, yeah. I mean, they started and they started the year quite. You were kind of like, whoa, you know. I think they had two. Maybe it wasn't their first game, but maybe games two and three. They were like, okay, they're putting this all together, um, and their defense was really, really good. Like well, the first five games, first game they looked useless. Um, Both the Bears and, and the Packers looked useless on kickoff weekend. That was one of the worst games of the season. Yes, that's yeah. it. So it would have been. It would have been after that then. Yeah, because yeah, they I did nothing. But at least we then got confirmation throughout the year that Ryan Tannehill is a bad quarterback, whereas you can't say that Aaron Rodgers is a bad quarterback just off one game. But yeah, you mean uh, you mean Mitch Trubisky, not Ryan Tannehill? Oh yeah, sorry, long day. 
long day. Clearly, Tanner, gr- Tanner grills. A little, little bit hungover. Because, <laughs> um, yes, Mitch Trubisky is not a very good quarterback. That has definitely been shown throughout the season. Yeah. And Tanner I Hill, can, as we said before, looks pretty good now. And I can't bring myself to uh, to bet against the Eagles, against the Redskins, but I'm scared. I was... I'm they so could scared. Really, didn't they? You can see. Well, it I almost, uh, I almost put the Redskins in there uh, in, into my acker, Ooh, but I just, slide. I didn't want it to happen, and um, I kind of, you know, yeah. the Redskins. You know, am I going to die on that hill? Come on. Talking of which, <laughs> can, uh, die on that hill. Can we hear your Cowboys stats? Oh yeah, let's talk about how bad the Cowboys are. <laughs> um, so, not very popular team on this podcast. Well, there's not that many teams that are popular, really. But anyway, um, there's a handful. There's a handful. There's a few, uh, but they are not on that list. How much does um, um, Al Davis and Jerry Jones remind you of each other now? By the way, like Al Davis before he passed away, very outspoken owner, like looked really bad once he was going. Like he looked like he was a man that was on his last legs. And Jerry Jones has got that same look, and now he's always talking and shouting his mouth off and getting angry with radio show people and stuff. And Jerry Jones is starting to be that old guy in Weatherspoons at the at the bar who like tries to talk to you and yeah. then like you're like mm. well it's like when I used to smoke a lot you know you when you go outside and then you have to ask some crazy guy for a lighter and then he starts telling you his life story I think that's Jerry Jones now I'm like Jerry can I have a, a lighter I don't know how I know his name but can I have a lighter and then he just starts telling me about how you know he's he's his, his franchise is awful yeah I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go inside now. I'm yeah. gonna have a beer. So, <laughs> but don't you, come. You have, don't a, come. You, you have a good night. <laughs> there was a there was an old guy in a pub in Newcastle's at when I was a student. They were sitting watching the Carling Cup final. I think it was, or maybe it wasn't that. Anyway, he was sitting there having half his pint, going to the bar, ordering the second pint, sitting down, down on the other half his pint, and as soon as he do that, he would just start swearing at everyone in the room. And as soon as the TV went to something on the, the football, I was the ball, he'd just start flipping the visa in. I was like, this guy is mental. <laughs> and within ha- half a football, he got through seven pints. Wow. In a half? In a half. And he kept drinking. That's... Wow. I, I stopped lot... counting at that point. I thought, we need to get out of here before he starts to pull a knife and starts <laughs> just stabbing people. Was he doing the Guinness Challenge? <laughs> he might not. He may have been actually. In fairness, God, the he was challenge. Yeah, that speeds it up that. a lot. That next, next, next podcast. I think you need to open by doing the Guinness challenge, Jazz. Well, if we're doing it, we're all doing it, aren't we? All right. Well. we'll <laughs> oh, fine. We'll get. <laughs> it. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Damn it. You just fade um, me out want... again. So, what's the point? Do you want this Cowboys uh, yeah, stat? Hit oh, me with the Cowboys yeah, stats on. to finish. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of things. So basically, um, they are. From my research, they are terrible on uh, special teams and kicking. So Bill Meyer, I actually looked this up before he got fired, but he has been fired now. Was he the special teams coordinator? No, sorry, this is Bill Meyer is their kicker, or was their kicker. Oh, okay. Um, He's also a 66. Isn't it Brett? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. 66% completion rate, which was the worst in the NFL before he got fired. Um, Chris Jones, who is their punter, last among punters for average yards per kick, last in longest kick, um, which sounds stupid when I say it. I didn't know how to say it in another way. He's got the like the worst longest kick. Um, uh, towards the last in yards, Tony Pollard, who has had an okay year as a backup 
running back, um, has got one of the worst averages, and he's their um, punt returner, and he does kick kick return as well. Um, yeah, they're not getting. I mean, this is this is a bit harsh to bring up, but they haven't had any touchdowns on special teams. Um, but only six teams have got um, scores on kickoff return and four on punt return, so maybe that's a bit harsh. There's lots of teams that haven't got scores. I dig the knife on special it teams. It is difficult to do special team scores. It is, yeah, but it just shows another thing. And then uh, lowest number of interceptions on defense tied with the Lions in the NFL, which is pretty brutal. With five, you know, worse than some some very poor defenses. Considering they have to play the Eagles twice a year, who are playing. Josh McCown potentially at wide receiver. There are some routes to be picked <laughs> off by the Cowboys for sure. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just uh, basically the picture I'm trying to build there is their offense is not getting a lot of help. So even though they've been not doing very well the last, uh, you know, maybe five games, um, they're just not getting any help. So you've got to win know, all three all, phases. All back, isn't it? Yep. Got to win all three phases. I might make that a weekly thing where I just find some Hate stuff on about the Cowboys. Cowboys and just trash them. Just Cowboys to make corner. Smile. I like it. Cowboys corner. There you go. Yeah. Go with yeah. that. Are we not going to touch Jerry, on the Jerry Patriots filming that. thing, by the way? We're just going to ignore that. <laughs> what did you say? Are we ignoring the Patriots filming the uh, uh I mean, the we, we can talk about it. The only thing I would say is that having listened to the, the Around the NFL podcast, um, the most recent one, they just they do a great deep dive on it, and I just I have nothing that I can add. And it oh, seems so. like they know. Like, I don't know if you guys have listened to that, but yeah, yeah, I haven't the, nailed the, it. The whole thing about... The, we were chatting in the bar it. about this, the whole idea that the initial thing that when they were caught filming that the people were told to say was that they were filming for an in-house documentary and now they're making an in-house documentary and they got caught filming. It's like, it's too perfect. But yeah, this but is... But it could all still just be, you know, smoke a and mistake. Mirrors. And, <laughs> and, yeah. Bel- and Belichick's Teflon to all of this anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, he'll just bat it away, bat it away, bat it away until maybe he gets suspended, but they probably won't for this one. So it's, it's just another asterisk that's going to get put against Bill Belichick, which is a shame because... He's the best coach we'll probably ever see. As hard as it is to say, because he's a seemingly a, a you know blunt dick in the media, and you know, I quite it, like that though. I, I like it to an extent. When he was he, when he did that really patronising stuff to that female reporter earlier this year, I thought that was really poor. And there's been a couple That's, of other do you, incidents. Do you like it, Jazz? Because I've I always like hated it. that. I just I've always hated it. I think coming from um, from a football background in terms of being. Man United fan watching Fergie, he also didn't really suffer fools that gladly. Granted, he wasn't anywhere near as blunt as Belichick is, but I quite appreciate that because he's a guy who's got to the point in his career where he's that good and has been that successful. You can just say, okay, well, that's how I'm going to be because I don't really need you. Yeah, but I don't the, need you to be the, in my life. The thing is, is that you know he's a professional and he's up there doing it's not in his spare time where like he's in an airport or something and somebody's gone up to him and found it and they've got in his they've got in his grill and he's reacting to it he's like he's being paid to be up there as part of the NFL the main representative of the Patriots and he can barely say like barely like look at reporters barely like say two words to them 
I just think it's really unprofessional. There's a difference. Okay. Uh, it's it's it unnecessary. Um, it's just, unnecessary. It doesn't add anything. It only subtracts. I just when Marshawn Lynch did it at the Super Bowl, me. one, it was hilariously funny with the "I'm just here so I don't get fined." But if Belichick did the exact same thing, is that funny or is that patronising? Marshawn Lynch doesn't. Well, he have wouldn't as do it in a funny way. Answer as well. Marshawn Lynch doesn't. Sorry, uh, Bill Belichick has more to answer for. For instance, the handling of the Antonio Brown situation. For instance, how he's going to deal with team injuries. For instance, how he's going to set up when certain things happen. It's not the case of Belichick suffering fools gladly all the time because sometimes he gets asked poignant, pertinent questions that he just now can't be bothered to deal with because I'm Bill Belichick. Oh, we're just going to focus on the next game. Oh, we're just going to focus on the next game. I mean, he is like Marshawn Lynch because that is his generic answer 90% of the time. And these people are out there trying to do their jobs and he's contractually obliged to be up there (laughs) answering these questions. And they're questions that need answers, a lot of them. Whether it's down to well, stuff on it. the field and it's, very, it and it's handling of the team. Very apt yeah. that you say that they're just there doing their jobs. And of course, one of Bill Belichick's famous drops is do your job, do your job. I mean, yeah, yeah and he, doesn't want to do the, he doesn't want to do that part of his job. Um, and it is part of his job. I just like, I think it's easy from the sidelines to say, but obviously, you know, you're in the industry, Ollie. You've been in that situation in press conferences. On one on ones, if somebody's stonewalling you, I bet that feels awful. Yeah, there are certain managers like, that I've spoken to. One of them I know would stand up at a press conference and he'd have the whole press conference in front of him, but there was a TV away to the right hand side and he'd watch the TV because the five thirty game was on by the time that the press conference had started and he wouldn't look at the people. <laughs> he wouldn't look at the God. people asking questions. He'd never turn. He'd every so often be like, Oh, but he would answer his questions staring at a TV rather than staring at people. And there are other. I can't wait to hear that it is off air. There, there are other people that have done things like uh, you ask them a question, like oh, it was you gave. The, it seemed that you gave the ball away quite cheaply in the opening fifteen minutes, including this manager's team gave the ball away after six minutes and conceded a goal directly from it. And he turned around to me and said, "Actually, I thought we did really well with ball retention." I said, "Well, you obviously didn't because you conceded and ended up losing like five one." But yeah, so it's it's. It, I know sport is aggravating for these guys when they lose and when they have to deal with stuff like that. But it's part of your remit. It's part of your job as the figurehead of the club. And if you can't answer the questions, go out and send somebody who will give answers. Because we're obliged as members of the media to ask those questions. As as people, you're, you're kind of like the voice in theory for the fans, because they don't get the opportunity to go and talk to the head coaches and find out what's going on in the in the team that they pay so much money towards. Fair point. Yep. Very fair point. I like that. Well summed up. Very well summed up. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Big thanks again to Dave and Jazz for sitting down and taking an hour out of their day to chat all things American football. Remember, you can follow myself, uh, Ollie Wilson, on O underscore J underscore Wilson on Twitter. Jazz and Dave still refusing to get on Twitter for a third straight week in a row get onto itunes google Podcasts, and all other good outlets to subscribe to the show uh, good luck if you do go with any of our accumulators i'd suggest sticking with dave at the moment seeing as he's on a win streak of one but a win streak is still a win streak remember you must be 18 or over uh, 18 or over to gamble please gamble responsibly and visit begambleaware.org should point out that we are only putting on one pound bets on all of these so we're not exactly big spending it in any way shape or form until next week enjoy the nfl enjoy week 15 unless you're a cowboys fan you're probably not going to like what's come up on the show